3: Welcome to Boiler Up Down South. Uh, This week we will be previewing Illinois. I said previewing instead of previewing, that I think both are acceptable uh, pronunciations. It's a weird choice. It's a weird choice, but, you know, we are down south, so we talk funny. We talk real weird down here. Um, So we're not even going to talk about last week anymore. That's done and over. We're going on to conference game number two. Um, I think there's a a lot of good stuff to look forward to, but I've also been wrong before. So, you know what? We're just going to go through... uh, what illinois does well what they do poorly uh how purdue can capitalize on some of those things that they do poorly and uh we're gonna take a quick break to uh pay these bills as drew says and we will be right back in just a second
0: hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing
2: Welcome back to Boiler Up Down South. I'm going to drive for a minute, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Illinois offense, uh, which has been quite offensive uh, this year nice. Uh, nice, in general. Yes, very offensive. Um, obviously, Illinois is replacing a lot. I mean, last year was Tommy DeVito, Chase Brown. Um, I mean, that was their offense. Two, like, super veteran guys. uh that had, uh, you know, been around the block in college football and, uh, have moved on. So now, um, they brought in, uh, an Ole Miss transfer in Luke Altmeyer, uh, to run the show this year. And, uh, tell you what, well, Luke is not, uh, it's been a struggle so far adapting to that, uh, Big Ten speed. Did you just, oh,
3: I know I should have been making eye contact with that, that Big Ten speed, baby. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, man, I mean, especially in that Penn State game, and I think what later on is what I'm going to focus on is how he played during the Penn State game, because that was their first, like, solid, solid opponent. Although Kansas is, like, good at football now under Lance Leopold. That's confusing. Drew's not allowed
2: to talk about that. I am not allowed, based on my uh, allegiance to Kansas State, uh, I am not allowed to say anything positive about Kansas. But yeah, first let's just get into um, their offensive struggles, I guess, bud. Whew well Altmaier keeps throwing the ball the wrong team which (laughs) is an issue in football um those are called turnovers he's thrown uh four touchdowns and seven interceptions including just like going absolutely like nuclear on Penn State like an implosion Chernobyl what was it three interceptions or four interceptions in that game I think
3: it was three um I mean, the first one specifically, like, he kind of just stared down the receiver. And yeah, he was was getting rushed at, but he just stared down his receiver over the middle of the field and uh, into almost double coverage. I might even call that, like, a 1.5 coverage, but either of those two defensive backs could have picked off that ball. Um, And then the second one just being... It could have been a really cool deep ball for Illinois, uh, but he underthrew it, uh, and it was wrestled away, and...
2: The rest of the day did not get much better for him. Yeah, so that was a tough one against Penn State, but you know he struggled in the opener. Uh, He played all right in the opener, 200 yards, two touchdowns, an interception against Toledo, a game they barely squeaked out. Yeah, 30-28, to right? Yeah, Yeah. and they go on the road to Kansas, and he goes for 202 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, um, and then 163 yards and uh, four interceptions. Actually, against Penn State. Um, so, yeah, no, he has been very efficient at throwing the ball the wrong team. Um, and Purdue's been, uh, you know, we've been picking off some passes the last couple of games. Yeah, so. I, I even mentioned that I liked
3: back to back weeks. There were two hardcore effort interceptions where we had a defensive
2: back just wrestle away a 50 50 ball. Bolstros. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's my boy now. Yeah, he's our homie now. Yeah. He's
3: an official homie
2: of uh, the Boiler Up Down South crew now. Yeah, we, we won't say that he's a friend of the show because we need his consent. We don't want to not, you know. But, uh, you know, future friend of the show, hopefully. Yeah, let's just trademark homie of the show and then we can use that uh, <laughs> homie, freely every week. Homie of the show. We need to get Hudson in for a homie of the show today Anyways, um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, they just have not played well at all this year. They beat Florida Atlantic last week. He had a Altmeier had a better game, uh three hundred yards and a touchdown. I'll say that Florida Atlantic is booty. Yeah, they're one and three and that one was lucky. Yeah, I watched Clemson Blame and let me tell you Clemson is just like a step above booty at the moment. And they beat the breaks off of Florida Atlantic. Uh, definitely showed Tom Herman some uh, you know, championship level hydration. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the Florida Atlantic game is, was definitely a step in the right direction for them last week. So if if they have any momentum, uh, this is it. They beat Florida Atlantic twenty three to seventeen. Still, just not great. They lost two fumbles. I mean, honestly, Garrett, this is just like Purdue doppelganger. Right? That's
3: what I was thinking this entire time I was reviewing Illinois. It's like they're turnover-prone. Their interior line on the offensive line specifically looks bad. Um, they can really only run plays to the outside or passes over the middle, and then some of those passes over the middle have been picked off. Um, it's it's They're also very, very penalty-prone. I think they had 10 penalties for 100 yards uh, against Oof. Toledo. Uh, and I get that that's like first first game of the year jitters, but um, you know that's that's not something you want to look for uh, in your first game of the year. It's something that you can definitely point out and say, "Hey, we need to clean that up." But they're also very penalty prone while being turnover prone while having a bad offensive line. Not that ours is not showing gradual improvement, but yeah, it's like it's weird how much these two teams mirror each other.
2: Yeah, because you know. Um, obviously, Ryan Walters coming over replacing Jeff Brom, we're not going to talk about. But you know, he showed up. He had a lot of things to fix on the roster, some things that you know may have been neglected over the years. Um, but Illinois is almost in a rebuild uh, right now as well. Even though you know they didn't lose their head coach, they just lost so much important talent off of that team from last year uh, that. Um, and, you know, they're replacing key guys at almost every position. And then, of course, re- you know, replacing Ryan Walters and a lot of their uh, defensive staff uh, from last year as well. So it is sort of two teams really tr- still trying to figure out who they are on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the, like I said, uh, replacing uh, Chase Brown um, is sort of a two-headed monster with Josh McCray and Reggie Love. Um, you know, they're running the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, Brett Bielma's teams uh, are decent at running the ball. They like to run the ball. Uh, last game against FAU, uh, Josh McRae had 14 carries, 73 yards. And uh, Reggie Love had 12 uh, carries for 85 yards. So, you know, both averaging over five yards a carry. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's... I guess, again, a step in the right direction for them against Florida Atlantic. But, again, how good is Florida Atlantic? Probably not very good. Right. And Florida Atlantic was actually the only
3: team against which, or against whom, or against which, I guess if I'm saying a singular team against which, uh, (laughs) that they actually had won the time of possession battle. Um, They even lost the time of possession against Toledo. Uh, So... You know, we've been talking about like, hey, if Purdue's offense can't stay on the field, Purdue's defense is going to be very tired at some point, right? So, I, it's another thing I see that kind of mirrors that uh, with the Illini because it, it's it's just going to be hard to win if your defense is always on the field against a team with like any sort of any sort of offensive talent.
2: Garrett, is this gonna be one of those like wild games where just like both teams try their hardest to lose in like weird ways and then like eventually the clock it runs out and somebody has like a two point lead? I think a comedy
3: of errors is very much uh in the cards this week. No Hudson card pun intended. <laughs> uh but a comedy of errors is very much on the table and you know, I I grew up I watched I watched Mississippi State lose to Auburn by a safety to a field goal, Ooh. 3 to 2. And something like that is just as is just as likely as 42 to 41 and somebody forgets to snap the ball uh on the last play of the game when they're in field goal
2: range, some some dumb thing like that. Yeah, I feel like this game has crazy potential just to go off the rails. Um Let's talk a little bit about the Illinois defense because it's the Purdue defense. It's like a five-man front off this uh, this week.
3: Yeah, they run like this weird kind of multiple three-four that kind of becomes like a five-man front, and so they do kind of like to switch up. And that's the one. That's the one area where uh, they don't exactly mirror each other because Ryan Walters has said like he kind of wants to show the opposing offense the same thing every time without the opposing offense knowing where the pressure is going to come from. Uh, And Illinois just kind of, like, spreads out a lot and changes up a lot. Um, There's really not much more to say about that. But, I mean, getting into the defensive, like, okay... My thing, this is just a personal rule, is that I don't look at the NCAA team statistics until, like, week four. I think, like, once you get to that point, you've played some real people, especially with, like, bigger teams having played cupcakes earlier on in the season. Um, This is when you can kind of start to judge a team by their stats to a certain extent. You, You can never judge a team fully by their stats. I mean, they beat Toledo when they... Let me look at these Toledo stats real quick, because they are hilarious. So... Uh, Again, they lost the turnover, or sorry, they lost the uh, time of possession battle against Toledo, but they also had 20 first downs to Toledo's 28 first downs. Their third down efficiency was 3 of 9, and uh, Toledo's was 7 of 15. Fourth down efficiency, 2 for 3, pretty good. Toledo's, 2 for 2. Total plays, 61. Toledo, 79. Ooh. 79 offensive plays run. Uh this 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 team like they're it's almost it's quite a drop off, quite a drop off from last year and I think that might have something to do with the fact that they're replacing a defensive coordinator who happens to be our head coach now. Um and you know a lot of a lot of uh players on their defense as well, especially on the offense but on they lost a few players on defense as well. Um, but aside from that, I mean, we really have to get down to some of these stats here because...
2: Oh, oh my God. I have something I need to interject. 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 Sir. Do you know... The Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man? Because I'm hungry. Um, do you know the uh, outcome of Joe Tiller's first game at Purdue? Not off the top of my head, but I know it was in, like, what, 97? 97? 97? Uh, the dude is like a, this weird number savant, uh, as far as like, I can barely tell you the year I was born. And he's like, oh, Joe Taylor's year, 1990. Anyways, yes, it was 1997, and it was the Toledo Rockets. And do you know who was coaching Toledo at that point? No, yeah, not at all. I was two years old. Come on. Gary Pinkle. Really? Gary Pinkle, yeah. I was not aware of that I was you were talking about Toledo and I I, that shot into my brain I think I watched that at a soccer tournament in a hotel room anyways um, so anyways that's your trivia for today um continue on with your stats I'm sorry no we love to throw in
3: trivia I love (laughs) I love dorky little facts I hosted trivia last night actually um Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, just getting into like the team stats, like now that we've been through a third of the season and, and teams are starting to play their conference slate, um, they're 113th in total defense. Uh, and, you know, most of most of those tacklers, uh, their leading tacklers, are defensive backs, which tells me you can throw all over this team, yeah. potentially. Potentially. I'm not making any hardline predictions, but potentially. Um, They give up 5.6 yards per play, but 423 yards per game. I think it's 422.8, but for the sake of argument, let's just say 423. They're 96th in passing yards allowed, which isn't, like, the most disgusting thing in the world, but they're giving up 11.4 yards per reception, and a lot of those are passes over the middle and passes to the sidelines, which are the two passes that... Purdue likes to do. Uh, and, you know, uh, they've they've just been kind of looking out of sorts since their defensive coordinator left. Uh, and it's a far cry from the Illinois defense last year that led all of college football in interceptions by a, a large margin. Um, th- there are a couple players that I'm like very concerned about they have two guys on the defensive line so yeah I mean their leading tackler Keith Randolph um he's he's been great and he's a guy who uh gives me the heebie-jeebies in terms of how can our offensive line stand up to a guy like him but the other guy I really want to mention is uh I believe you say his name is Jerzon Newton Mm -hmm. uh and the thing that really concerns me about him is that last year Purdue got, sorry, uh, Illinois got so many interceptions off of tipped passes um, and he's he's already got three of those uh, I don't think any of those have led to interceptions that being said, I mean, he's a guy who can break up a play, he's a guy who can stick his hand in a quarterback's face um, but aside from that, man, I really have to reiterate the fact that of their eight leading tacklers four of them are the defensive backs and that tells me that you can you can get chunks of yardage over the middle against a team like this
2: yeah so for me too i i, I agree with you it's interesting because eventually purdue will want to be able to have and their two defensive end defensive tackle spots whatever you want to call the guys that are lining up in front of the guards uh two guys like Newton and uh, Randolph Um, they're not neither of them are like huge they're both I mean jeez they're giants like like massive massive human beings but uh, like yeah I was stopping myself I was like he's only 280 like oh my god yeah jeez okay yeah but they're not like jumbo sized ends kind of like Purdue has a couple 300 pound guys there Um, but they make a lot of their tackles last year uh, you know, they were in their top three or four tacklers. I know Newton led the team in sacks. Randolph was right behind him. They both had double digits in uh, uh, tackles for loss. Um, so those are the two guys, especially when Illinois goes back to that front they ran last year and they sort of, like Garrett said, sort of move in and out of it. When they go to that front and get those two guys isolated on our guards, it gives me heartburn. Ugh, like, yeah, uh, they it, they could be a problem uh, when they go to that look and uh, Newton and Randolph um, are are matched up in pass pro against uh, our guards, uh, so we should probably try to avoid that.
3: Yeah, no, that was that was my thing too. Is that like I'm really worried about how those guys can disrupt the interior line in pass protection because that seems to be the recurring theme of when. Things go wrong offensively for the Boilers, and they can cause problems. But if you can shut that down, I think your offense can play pitch and catch pretty well um, throughout the evening, or I guess afternoon because it's a three thirty kickoff Eastern time. But you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Illinois secondary is almost like Purdue is totally rebuilt. Of course, Purdue is rebuilt because like they just everybody left, or you know, I guess Corey Trice is in the NFL. Now, uh, But the corner position was totally rebuilt at Purdue. And had, they kind of do that in Illinois, too, because they've lost so many players at the NFL. Um, and so it's that uh, pass coverage that really was sort of the hallmark of their team last year just hasn't been there. Uh, and I agree with you, Gary. I think that's where Purdue uh, tries to win that this game um, is uh, with Hudson Card's arm. Um, Although I will say that I liked uh, some of that outside run scheme that they uh, did uh, in the second half against Wisconsin with the wider splits and uh, more of that zone, outside zone uh, with Tracy. I think um, that could be also something uh, effective uh, against this uh, Illinois defense. You see Purdue has such trouble with their ends jumping too far inside and if you do that on the inside, on that outside zone play, uh, you're going to get gashed uh, by that tailback going through the uh, C-gap. I think, right? <laughs> I think this is a game where Maccabee finally gets
3: his because what I've seen Illinois struggle with is swing passes to the outside um, and their defensive line doesn't look like it did last year at certain points. I mean, it's a tougher ask when... you your team, uh, in this case, Purdue, is uh, their interior line doesn't look necessarily up to snuff yet. Um, but I think this is a game where Maccabe can can finally uh, break a few early instead of building up his momentum and and uh, trying to get one late. That might be negated by a penalty. But we don't know.
2: Yeah, as long as you don't hold like every drive in the first quarter, uh, I would, I'd appreciate that because I'm going to start, like, breaking things around the house, I think. I can't. That's too much. I can't handle that. It's just... Bad football hurts me inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a tough year for me, guys. Whew. Anyways. Um, so, uh, what are you thinking score-wise here, Garrett? Um, we're looking uh, at just, like, Chaos, uh, I, I can't figure out how this thing's going to go. Um, it could go, in my like you said earlier, it could go high scoring. It could be like 10 to 3. There could be 12 turnovers. Like I have no idea what to think about either of these two teams other than they're consistently inconsistent. Well, um, when I was watching Monday Night Football and saw um,
3: Philly beat Tampa 25-11, uh, to 11, I was thinking internally, like, oh, that's one of the weirder football scores I've seen in a while. Oh, wait, that's kind of what I expect from not necessarily that score margin of 14 points, but that's kind of what I expect from this game is just, like, a weird football score. Like, there's going to be, it's going to be, like, 31-29 to 29 or, like, 11-10. to 10. Or who knows? Maybe two field goals, a safety, and the other team scores 14 and it's 14 to 8. I don't know. This is a hard one to predict because I just feel like it's going to be either really solid football that looks like two teams that are evenly matched, or it's going to look like two teams that are evenly matched in a non solid way. Like two teams that are evenly matched in like who can out goof each other, who can out stupid each other uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say stupid anymore according I, to Gen Z but
2: oh god
3: <laughs> are we gonna just go, go no, no Gen Zer listens to this podcast are we just gonna go on a
2: rant about Gen Z kids oh um, yes, <laughs> yes let's do it let's do it <laughs> this is now a Gen Z hatred podcast right we actually were just sneaking this in uh, so um, you know we appreciate y'all now we're switching over to the Gen Z hate um <laughs> But oh gosh, I yeah, I don't know what to think about this Illinois game at all. As I mentioned, um, it could just be super weird. Um, I we've been picking Purdue, and they've been consistently losing um, and disappointing us. Um, I almost don't want to make a prediction this week. Yeah, that's sort of where I am too. I just like I don't I don't know, man. It's 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 gonna come down to who looks less like a JV football team. <laughs> And well, we did play on Friday last week. We so did. We did. That's it when was, high schoolers play. Yeah, and it looked like we were, uh, you know, warming up for the varsity uh, <laughs> there in the first half. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm just going to go. It's going to be chaos, and uh, you should watch it. um even if you're going to hate it. I feel like it might be a fun hate watch for both uh, fan bases.
3: I'm actually recommending this game as a as a mid-afternoon watch to keep on the background for some of my friends because I have friends who went to Auburn. I have friends who went to Clemson, obviously, with Drew here. I have friends who went to all sorts of schools all over the place. and We all love college football. You're not my friend if you don't. Just kidding. I have plenty of friends who don't like college football, and that is fine. Um, but... I've been recommending this one to people because I, th- I I just think it's going to be a really weird game. I think it's going to be really funny to watch to a casual observer. Uh, and I, I I think it's going to be close. I just can't make a pick. I really can't. And I don't want to because I've predicted Purdue to win several times, and they lost each time. So that being said, I will say about Illinois, they are dangerously close from being an 0-14. Mm-hmm. Yes. They have one win that they squeaked out over Toledo. They have one win where they beat a very bad Florida Atlantic team. Uh, and then they got skull dragged by uh, Penn State. And oh, yeah. they got beat when they went to Kansas. Um, I think Purdue is very capable of winning this game. But I am, given the first four
2: weeks of this season, not necessarily prepared to say that out loud. Right? I mean, I think if Purdue doesn't just, like, implode, they win. But I can't guarantee that they're not going to implode.
3: Um, if- and, yeah, because Illinois gives up so many first downs. What I really want to see this week is just one one game where Purdue starts off hot. And Walters was talking about that as well, where it's like, this team needs to come out and punch somebody in the mouth for once. He didn't say, I'm I'm paraphrasing but he didn't say that but like I really want to see Purdue come come out and hit somebody in the mouth and go on a long drive that results in seven points three is fine but that results in seven points I I just don't know what's going to happen it's become
2: so increasingly hard to predict this new like regime regime team but here's my thoughts on this, Garrett, since we're saying that, like, this is going to be, like, a wild, crazy game. This is probably going to be the first game that, like, everything clicks and it's, like, super clean and, and Hudson Card, uh, you know, has, like, three touchdowns and, uh, you know, pretty rolls. So that's what we're going to go for. We're either jinxing them or not jinxing them, depending uh, on what you consider, uh, you know, our, our, our viewpoint, which is we don't know. Yeah, this is the first time we're we're admitting that we're not going to make good predictions, so we're just not going to. What did Rush say about this, though, Gary? So you can choose not to decide. Still made a choice, sir. Oh, free will. Uh, good, good,
3: good record. Was that off? Was that off? Fly by night, or was that off? Uh, uh,
2: Moving Pictures. You I love Moving Pictures. I think, I was pictures. I I think,
3: think it was, yeah, time, yeah. Moving Pictures, great record. Great
2: record. Anyways, y'all, we will be back to hopefully talk about uh, a Purdue win over Illinois, or we'll at least be here to talk about the weirdness. Um, so, um, yeah. And if you're lucky, I might start off with a joke song again. Ooh. I didn't do
3: it this week because we're a little bit more serious, and yep. nobody wanted to listen to us, you know, really just talk about, hey... Wisconsin beat us in this area, and this area, and this area. We just wanted to be silly, so thanks for sticking with us through that, and we will get increasingly silly at certain points and increasingly serious at other points. So, yeah, thanks for listening to us, and uh, hopefully we will be talking about a crazy weird game in one way or another. Uh, Just let's hope that ends up with the win for the team that wears the
2: gold. All right, we're in this then. Y'all, uh, y'all come back and uh, see us uh, on Tuesday for the preview of. Uh, I don't even know who we're playing, but I'm sure I'll figure it out by then.